You are tuned in to the Jackson Hole Connection, sharing fascinating stories of people connected to Jackson Hole. I am truly grateful for each of you for tuning in today. And support for this podcast comes from Teton County Solid Waste and Recycling, bringing the Jackson Hole community residential and commercial food waste composting options. Call 307-733-7678 for more information. Compass Real Estate, the region's largest and most dynamic real estate company in the Valley. For more information and to view current listings, visit compass.com. I begin today's episode with a thought for you in something I do most days, which is to practice gratitude. When I journal, I write down what I'm grateful for. At my businesses, we begin every meeting with moments of gratitude. We go around the the horn and everybody shares uh, something that, that they're grateful for. You can be grateful for the lunch you just ate or the shoes on your feet. And practicing gratitude costs you absolutely no money. It takes a very small amount of your time and it will fill your emotional bank account and it can improve your day and the day of the people around you. Nothing to overthink here. Just give it a try, and I am grateful that you are going to take action to make your life happier each day. And you are listening to episode number 227, and my guest today is Katie Hogarty, the CEO of Climb Wyoming. And Climb Wyoming has a mission to help single mothers discover self-sufficiency through career training and development. Myself, being a child of a single mom, who worked two jobs to provide for her three children. I am grateful for the work Climb Wyoming has performed for the past 36 years. Climb Wyoming is about lifting families out of poverty to be successful in the long term. And that's what Katie and her team are accomplishing. And as Katie says, the world is hard to manage. Katie, thank you for joining me here today at the Jackson Hole Connection. It's delighted to be connected to you and to be able to have a conversation with you this fine day that we have here in Wyoming. Good morning, Stefan. I'm very much looking forward to the conversation and an honor to be here with you this morning. Well, Katie, we'll just blow the bubble up here that you do not live here in Jackson Hole. However, the organization that you are with has a really strong footprint here in Jackson and throughout the whole state of Wyoming. And I love starting the episodes off with people sharing their connection to Jackson. But since you don't live here in Jackson, let's start off with your connection to the state of Wyoming. Were you born in Wyoming or how did you get here to Wyoming? And let's have a little bit of background of Katie. I was born in Wyoming. I'm a Wyoming person through and through, which makes me feel very proud and connected to the Jackson area too. I was born in Sheridan and raised there and found a love of backpacking and being in the mountains when I was in junior high and high school and made my way to the Tetons as often as I could during that time because just seeing the mountains and being in that space just uh, spoke to me. So I I love being from Wyoming. I love this state and always felt really connected to that part of our state. It's so special. And I don't want to start this interview off 
too with too much cheesiness but there's just something about being in that area that it just hits you in the gut when you um, see the iconic landscapes and the the vastness and the wildlife it just it just speaks to you it uh, it, it just kind of catches me in the, my throat and takes my breath away every time every time I'm there I think anybody with an appreciation of the mountains whether they're in the Tetons the big holes any other mountains around the state the winds which is you know the largest mountain range here in the state of Wyoming and has our largest peak has an appreciation for wherever you are in the mountains wherever you are in the woods yeah I feel very fortunate to be from Wyoming and to be in the state Katie I'm curious to know are your parents did they move to Wyoming or does your do your roots go back a few generations you know, hilariously enough, when I was in elementary school, people used to tell me that I wasn't from Wyoming because my parents weren't from Wyoming. My parents are both from Chicago. Okay. What took your parents from Chicago to Sheridan? All the same things we've been talking about. Just okay. um, fish, fishing, the mountains, the landscape, a simpler life, c community, I think is what made them stay there. It's such a lovely community and a lack of anonymity, I think, helps us be all connected to each other. And mm -hmm. um, we really experienced that in the, you know, the smaller towns. And I know my parents really loved that. So they stayed. My sister and I were born and raised there. That's awesome. Sheridan's got a cool history. It's a it's main street, has still those real wide streets if i recall correctly that were so wide so those wagons when everything was by horse could turn around yep it's beautiful and i feel a little remiss if i don't talk about how much i love my current community which is i'm in laramie it has been in laramie since 2004 so i've been here almost 20 years and just love this community too i think i feel that way about every every town i get to visit in wyoming I, we're such so rich in history and the just people. I feel very grateful to be in the state and the just all the recreation that we get to do all over. And Laramie is the home of the Pokes, University of Wyoming. Are you University of Wyoming grad? I am not. Well, for graduate school, I am. I went to I went to undergraduate on the school on the East Coast and the West Coast, and had a couple of different interesting jobs in between that and the time I came back to Wyoming for school. But I came to law school in Wyoming. And haven't left. Oh, I've been here since then. Okay. And you are currently the CEO of Climb Wyoming. I am. All right. Uh, so very uh, happy for my legal background and very happy to not be practicing law in a tr traditional way. And I've been working at Climb for over 12 years and it is such an amazing organization and has such a profound impact on the state of Wyoming. Uh, I'm very happy to have made my career home with Climb. And what did you start off with? I, uh, well, right after law school, I started work in the governor's office doing policy work in health and human service areas and uh, met Dr. Ray Fleming Deneen, who is Climb's founder and former executive director. And doing policy work in the state, I was very interested in the work that Ray was doing through Climb. She, was such a visionary, is such a visionary. And the work that Klein was doing to effectuate good policy change was, probably shouldn't say this on the podcast, was better than the state programs that were really focusing on poverty alleviation. And so I really hitched my wagon to raise work and was really deeply committed to poverty alleviation through employment and came to work at Climb shortly after that as the program director and business liaison in our Laramie office. 
So I was responsible for running the program here locally in Laramie and placing the moms in jobs, which to me is the, although I love the work that I'm doing in a statewide leadership role, I loved being a matchmaker for the participants and their career. It was some of the most sting and challenging and fun work I've ever been a part of. Why don't you share with people what Climb Wyoming is? Yeah. Climb Wyoming is a statewide nonprofit that's committed to job training and job placement for low-income single moms. When I say low-income, we really strive to help those families that are struggling the most and in our state and those that have the most barriers. And so that's why we choose to work with single moms. And that means that we're, we're working with moms that are making on average about $500 a month and having two kids. So we work with a population that there's no really no other services in our state that would be able to reach reach them or provide them services. And we provide really comprehensive and sophisticated short-term training so that moms can get into higher paying careers right away. So for example, in our Jackson office, we just last fall completed a truck driving training where the moms in the course of less than 10 weeks were certified truck drivers. And all of those moms are in truck driving trainings right now. Um, so we, on average, we have across the state have a 98% graduation rate and uh, we know that we, we keep track of our moms for two years after the program ends. And we know that on average, our moms more than double their pre-program wages. So we really work hard to make sure that uh, we're breaking the generational cycle of poverty. And our outcomes are stronger than any other uh, job training program in the country. So I really think about CLIMB as a national, one of the national thought leaders and national experts in poverty alleviation work. Do you have a, a reason why CLIMB is so successful compared to what you see on the national stage? Yeah, that's a great question. I think there's a couple different uh, different parts of our success, our, our secret sauce. One is that we are a mental health-based model. So we know that almost 100% of the women that we work with have experienced one form of trauma or another, whether that's you know, pretty serious trauma or the trauma of being in chronic poverty that uh, really has an impact on you and really impacts the ways that you can navigate the world through executive functioning skills. So because we're a mental health-based model, we really help women strengthen those skills that are required to keep a job for the long term. So so the, being a mental health-based model is one way that we do that. Another reason I think our outcomes are so strong is that we really concentrate on each community's workforce needs so that the workforce needs in Jackson are vastly different than the workforce needs in Rock Springs or Gillette. So each of our offices provides really different training because we want to provide a, a valuable service to the, the community. We want to have a training and offer training where the jobs are. And we do that in a very short period of time. So we work with moms that have incredibly high barriers and provide really sophisticated, comprehensive training for them. And then rather than just setting them up with a job, we get a job for them. We work with them. They interview for a job and we support them as they transition into their job. Uh, so we really help them practice the skills that they've learned at Climb when they're new in their job, which is such a precarious time for anyone to be, you know, to be successful in their job is right out of the gate. So. I think the combination of being a mental health-based model, the great trainings that we offer that are uh, needed in the community, uh, the fact that we place moms in jobs helps set us apart and create the high outcomes that we have. I, I appreciate that approach. 
it's not, as you said, a traditional approach. And it, it's nice to know that you look at it, the needs of each community as well and, and be able to fulfill those needs. An example and, of that. Yeah, go ahead. An example of that is I know how important housing is to the Jackson community right now in terms of workforce and maintaining workforce and just overall community health. Housing is such a big deal in the community. And so our Jackson office right now is looking into ways that they can help moms that are really struggling just staying in the community to find a job that might be connected to housing. So they're offering a professional office careers training this spring, and they're really focusing on banking and finance skills in the training because uh, that industry is really committed to helping employees find stable housing and sustainable housing. So our hope is that moms can get the skills that they need to enter the jobs in the banking and finance industry and be able to find housing connected to that work as well. Hmm. That's fabulous. And, you know, Looking at the job training and in in the placement and how this works throughout the state, do you find that you receive the support from the state which you would like to see, or where's where's our state stand with doing this work to help? And for me, it it's more of what you said in the introduction. It's lifting people out of poverty and. What a better way to to help people instead of creating a system that keeps them in poverty, but create a system which teaches people that, yes, you can rise out of poverty. Right. We have such a great relationship with the state of Wyoming, and it's such a mutually beneficial relationship. You know, over the crime's been around for, the, for 37 years, and through the course of that time, we've saved the state of Wyoming conservatively uh, over over a hundred, it's it's one hundred and seventeen million dollars in reduction of benefits. So the service that we're providing to the state has a huge impact across the state of Wyoming. When you think about reductions in food stamp costs, Medicaid, um, you know, housing. When we when you help a, a family become self sufficiency, the cost savings to the community is quite huge. Mm. So we know that we're providing that service for the state and we current, we don't receive state funding. The our, We receive quite a bit of federal funding that comes to climb through the Department of Family Services. And we work very closely with our state agencies to kind of further policy in the state of Wyoming. You just mentioned the housing issues. And, and yes, here in Jackson, we have housing issues. What does it look like for these single moms? In the rest of the state of Wyoming, the housing situation challenge that they might be having. Yeah, because we're focused on serving those families that are most in need across the state, our families come to us from a wide array of housing situations. Some of our participants may own a home or a trailer. Some of our participants and their kids might be couch surfing and living in, in houses of friends or family and just trying to piece it together and make it work. One of the things that we know is it's very hard to go to work and be successful in a job if you're worried about where you're going to spend the night. And so as moms come to climb, we really help them focus on uh, stable housing so that they can have a housing prior to going to work. So um, and we know that's not always possible in our communities or with the moms that we work with. So 
We really offer a lot of pre-program support to help moms get find and secure stable housing before the program or during the programmers are going to work. We just help them prioritize housing because that's so connected to their long-term success on the job. What has CLIMB seen when helping these moms find stable work that becomes, could we say it becomes a career for them? What's the impact to the family that you might see? Let's say, for example, for a family that's at the poverty level, the graduation rate, expected graduation rate of those children versus when a parent has gone through the CLIMB program and is able to lift out of poverty because they stick with everything and the graduation rate of, of their children. Right. When you take a family out of poverty, change the, the child's entire life and entire trajectory. So anecdotally, a lot of the stories that we hear, kids will come back and say, like, I never thought I could play soccer. or I never thought I could be that we'd have enough money that I could be on the hockey team. Or um, I got to have brand new shoes for the first day of school and they weren't used shoes. My mom had enough money to get school supplies. We also hear the kids of the moms that we talk about, that we work with talk about things like or the moms themselves talking about, you know, before climb, they might have been working two or three jobs just to piece it together for their kids. And now they have a stable schedule so they can pick their kids up after school and be with them in the evenings. And they're, they're, they're more available. They're more accessible. And then there's the other impacts that you were alluding to in a higher high school graduation rate, more success in school. I have a great uh, story that we heard out of our Gillette office where a principal was working in a, in a junior high, was working with a kid who was just struggling to show up to school, to show up with a, you know, prepared, was really struggling behaviorally in the school. And all of a sudden, kind of overnight, the kid started to show up, was prepared, was successful. The principal got curious about what had changed in the student's life. And his mom was had just completed the CLIMB program. And as she got more stable in her life and found more stable work, her son was able to find more stability and get in less trouble and show up and be successful in school. So um, we see those stories, stories like that all over the place. With every time we help a mom uh, find stable work and get her feet underneath her, we know the lives of her kids are changing too. What an uplifting story to share and, and for people to think about of uh, the impact this makes. And as you said, it, it to make a change generationally of keeping people out of poverty makes such a difference. Yes. And it's, um, it's, it can be as big as a, is graduating from high school or even thinking about applying to college or going to college. And it can be really small things too. Like I was skiing in, our, in a cross-country ski the other day after work and ran into a, a graduate's daughter. So the daughter's in junior high. She was able to be a part of the ski team. And she mm. stopped me and she said, Katie, I've never even been to Happy Jack before. This is so cool. She had no idea what was in the uh, backyard of Laramie. But because her mom um, has stability and has a different job and could, uh, you know, pay for her to participate in an activity like this, her whole world had opened up. I, I believe it. I've, I've heard stories of even here in Jackson of families that are in that poverty category and they've never been to the Grand Teton National Park. And 
it's hard for people to imagine how can you live in Jackson and not go to Grand Teton National Park, not even know where it is. Well, all you're doing is working to be able to just scrape by and, and survive. And, and I, I think a lot of people don't realize that there is poverty here in Jackson as well. Yes, there's very deep poverty there. I had an, the honor of connecting with a graduate from the Jackson program just a, a few months ago. And she was talking about how she had moved to Jackson from Colorado and how grateful she was to have be in Wyoming because there's no other, she was saying to us, there's no program in Colorado that would have helped her out of poverty and help her have as the life that she has now. She said that this would never happen in any other state. So I feel like Wyoming is such a special state and Climb is such a special program. Very unique. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very much so. Katie, we're going to do a quick break to get a word from one of our sponsors, and then we're going to come back and talk more about CLIMB and the impact that you're making here in the state. Teton County Solid Waste and Recycling estimates that approximately 3,954 tons of food waste are disposed in the trash right here in Teton County every year. This makes food waste the next frontier material in the quest to achieve our county's goal to reduce waste and recycle more, which will help us aim for zero waste. For more information on Teton County Integrated Solid Waste and Recycling's Curb to Compost Commercial Food Waste Program, visit tetoncountywy.gov recycle and join today. Compass Real Estate is the market leader in Jackson Hole, providing every client with unparalleled professionalism and breakthrough marketing strategies for fine properties. Their organization is comprised of dedicated and experienced real estate professionals, and they offer a collection of some of the most sought after properties in the Valley. For more information on buying or selling in Jackson Hole, visit compass.com or give them a call. 307-733-6060. Katie, welcome back to the Jackson Hole Connection. You just shared a few stories with us of hearing from kids and principals and parents as well as the impact that CLIMB has made to them. I'm, I'm very curious to know, what does your team look like? How many people does it take to make such magnificent work happen? That's a great question. Across the state, we have less than 40 employees. So we're a very small team. And specifically in our Jackson office, we have two full-time staff and a part-time contract mental health, health provider. So the impacts that we're seeing in Jackson, we have with you know less than three full-time program staff working directly with the moms. And I know in the Jackson area over the last years, we've served almost 300 moms and over 500 kids. That's uh, such a significant uh, group of people for a small community with a very small staff. Could you repeat that over what time period and impact that you've made? Yep. So we, uh, I was founded in 1986 and we were in Cheyenne do, doing that work in the Cheyenne community. And then in 2004, we received a grant that, that helped us go statewide. Uh, since 2004, we've served close to 300 moms in the Jackson area and over 500 children. And I, I like to think about that, Stefan, in the context of schools. 
you know, many of our schools don't even have 500 kids in the entire school. And that's the number of kids that we've worked with just in the Jackson community. And if you think about those kids having more stable lives, more stable futures, having hope, having more stability in, and success in their schools, that's not, that is not an insignificant number. No, it's, it's not. It's, it's a major number. Yes. And if we think, and if we think about that across the state of Wyoming, We've served close to 3,000 moms and over 5,000 children. That's, that's beautiful. And I'm, I'm curious to know from here, whether it's here in Jackson or the rest of the state, what would be barriers to someone participating? Are, well, not what would be. Are there any barriers to somebody participating in the CLIMB Wyoming? Because this sounds like something that if anybody meets the criteria, they should definitely be doing it. Yes. And um, there's, a, there's a lot of barriers. When you're struggling with poverty at this level, the world is hard to manage. There's a lot of barriers that might get in the way of your success. We were just talking about the ability to drive to the mountains and see the mountains. Oftentimes, when you're living in poverty, you might be sharing a car with your family or friends. Um, the car might not function very well and you don't have enough money to fix it. You might not have enough money for gas. Oftentimes our moms are struggling at the level of poverty where they're having to make you know, the gut-wrenching decisions that no mom ever wants to make between feeding their kids or putting gas in their car so they can make it to a job interview. Housing can be a barrier. Childcare can be a barrier. Just the rural nature of Wyoming itself can be a barrier. You know, we have women from the that participate in our Jackson program that are traveling from Alpine and Afton and Lincoln County participate um, in the CLIMB program. And so we have a responsibility to, to help break down some of the barriers of the rural nature of our state just by offering virtual services or helping me for gas, just helping people get to the program could be important. This is one of the most interesting things I think that we um, address at CLIMB, which is the I'm going to, I'm such a, I talk with my hands so much. I'm going to just try to describe this in a podcast version that makes sense. But when you experience the chaos of poverty and you've been in poverty for your whole life, it has a physical, a physiological impact on your brain. It roots you to the fight, flight, freeze, or faint part of your, the back part of our brains because that keeps you safe, right? So if you're experiencing trauma, your brain is in a way that keeps you safe. And executive functioning skills like problem solving, uh, planning, brainstorming, emotional regulation, communication, those type of skills happen in the, the prefrontal cortex in the front part of our brains. And so one of the things that we can do through safety and through relationships with our participants is really help them build actual physical neural connections from the back part of their brain to the front part of their brain so that they can have a a different experience at life, an experience to, to slow down and not, not react to life from a fight, flight, freeze, or faint perspective. So be able to, being able to build that safety through relationships and structure and being able to work with our participants to remove some of those barriers to their success really helps them stay in their jobs long term, which is what we see. We keep track of our graduates for two years after they finish the program, and we know that they're moving up in their careers. We know that they are successful in their jobs. And a lot of that is because of the work that we do to really help them build those types of skills at their executive functioning skills. And how do you help people after graduation to stay 
successful because graduation to me means I'm out of the program. But is is that the case with CLIMB to help someone remain successful during that period of time? We have a motto, Stefan, that once a CLIMB mom, always a CLIMB mom. So the, mm. the first part of that is really staying with a participant as she's transitioning to her job. So our business liaison is working with the mom and her employer for the first six to eight weeks that she's in the job. So they're having they're um, helping to facilitate evaluations at work. They're helping the mom problem solve any barriers that might come up for her as she's starting the new job. Our staff are really helping to facilitate relationship building quickly between the mom and her employer so that as problems arise, the mom can problem solve with the employer or you know even just learn the job better. So uh, we offer that support as every as every mom is placed into a job. We also host monthly graduate dinners or graduate lunches so that a mom from any program can come participate and meet with other graduates. They can celebrate a raise or celebrate a promotion, celebrate each other, and then also help each other network and problem solve problems that might be coming up at work together. So we're really helping to build on the social capital in for our participants. That as I step into this statewide leadership role, I'm very curious to learn about, I'd love to gather some data from our graduates. We collect wage data and we stay in touch with our graduates for two years. But I have a lot of questions about impact that the program has had on their children. Have they been able to purchase a home? What do their lives look like? So I'd love to dig more deeply into the data around our grads, see if that we can learn how to strengthen our program or work with our graduates to help them keep successful after the program. That would be very encouraging to see. I'm hopeful. I'm excited to learn yeah. about that. And we have a great team of uh, on our board of directors. And I would really closely with, with three Bhutan area board members. We work really closely with Laura Ladd, AJ Healy, and Carrie Kirkpatrick to support our strategic vision and where we're headed with the organization. I know data is very important to them and very important to us as we continuously work to strengthen our outcomes. Speaking of data, I'm curious to know if you have data that shows when you have a CLIMB graduate and you help that individual find secure employment, what is the longevity of the individual staying with that business? We don't have that particular data, Stefan, but I can tell you that two years post-program, it's close to 90% of our moms are working in higher paying jobs. I'm really curious to learn of the moms that aren't in a higher paying job after that, who has moved on to continuing education. A lot of our, like say, for example, a lot of our CNA graduates will leave the workforce to go on to nursing schools. And I'm curious to learn more about that. But I do know that close to 90% of our participants are still working two years outside of the program. I'm, I'm happy that you talked about that continuing education because that thought just popped into my head. You know, as somebody's climbing out of poverty and now they have more stability, they're more just life is secure for them. Do they then start going to some night school or finding some other way to continue growing themselves to help benefiting the family? Yes, that happens all the time. I, I just got invited to graduation of a woman who's I was finishing her RN program. She's getting her associates in nursing and she started climb after years of waiting tables, started climb, became a CNA and is now graduating with her RN degree. That happens all the time and all across the state. 
when I first started as the business liaison in our Laramie office, we had not had a placement on the University of Wyoming's campus. And I, knowing what a difference that type of employment and access to education could mean for families really prioritized that. And now we have over 50 moms that have been placed on jobs at the University of Wyoming campus. And almost half of those moms are taking classes regularly now. Mm-hmm. And I can only imagine what that means for their children and their kids yeah. having access to the university. It's it's life-changing for generations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, access to a university is so valuable. And I think sometimes it's underappreciated what a university brings to the communities. And, and for a small state like this, even... The junior college, how we have Central Wyoming College and some of the other junior colleges throughout the state, what that brings to those communities as well. Yes. We have very strong partnerships with our community colleges across the state because we know that they're not only providing great training, but that they're such such a great resource for our participants and their kids after the program. Now, does that mean that they're offering opportunities for scholarships and helping people figure out ways to, to fund that continuing education where the, the climb graduates have a desire to continue learning more? The state of Wyoming is very generous is it, when it comes to post-secondary education, and we help our participants access all sorts of scholarships and resources and ways to make college more affordable. For those women that are working on campus, they have an opportunity to take a free class either at UW or at, at uh, Laramie College so for free every semester. So there's a lot of opportunities that we help our participants access so that they can continue their education if, if that's something that's interesting to them. And you said that the state doesn't fund CLIMB in any way, but you do receive funding through federal, uh, on the federal side of things. What are other ways that CLIMB is funded? Because it sounds like what you're doing takes an immense amount of resources, financial resources. Yes. And what's most important to me is the sustainability of the program. We offer such an important resource for moms and making sure that it can continue in perpetuity is so important to me. And so there's an order to do that. A couple of things need to happen. Our funding needs to be diverse. So we really work to diversify our public funding and our private funding through individual corporate family foundation giving. And uh, we need to continue our strong outcomes because I want to provide a really valuable service for families and for the workforce and community in the state. So continuing our impact to me and being the best stewards possible of, the, of that funding is a call to climb. And when you say private funding, what what does that look like? Yeah. When we think about private donations, we know that, that because we have the strongest outcomes moving families out of poverty through work in the country, that uh, when people give to CLIMB, they're making an investment in their communities. And so people can give onto our website. They can connect with Jean Lewis, who's the, our director of stewardship in our Jackson office. We know that the return on investment that you make with CLIMB is very significant when moms double their wages, really impacting not only a family's life, but a community's community. You're making a community brighter by investing in the client program. Well, you certainly have me sold on the the benefits of CLIMB and what you all do there, your committed staff and the impact that you're making with not a large staff is so important because that means that the resources that you have are are going to the program and are being as impactful as possible, which 
I, I very, very much appreciate. Thank you. This is such a great opportunity to be able to talk about climb in a more public way because we have such a huge impact in the community and such a huge impact in the state. Uh, I love for pe- more people to know what we're doing. It feels really important to be able to spread the word about climb. You know, we've had the opportunity over the last several years to speak at the White House Council on Rural Poverty. We are very connected at the national level, really helping policy leaders think about rural poverty and think about an effective program. And I'd love for people all across the state to know what's happening in their in their communities. Have you found that since you are on a national forums or, you know, with other national groups that you see other states replicating what CLIMB's model is? We, we're getting a lot of questions about our outcomes. And mm-hmm. I have I feel a deep responsibility to be able to think about our expertise and how we can continue to move the needle forward on poverty alleviation. So while no one's replicated CLIMB, I think there are things that we can learn that might help other programs have strong impact. So I'm, I'm really interested in learning more about that because when you see a mom struggling before the program and see her life completely change in such a short period of time, it changes you. It changes you as a human. And I feel such a deep responsibility in thinking about how we can share our expertise and have other people experience that. That's beautiful. What an uplifting way to spend your day each day to see others lift themselves up. And what is the website that CLIMB has? How do people find CLIMB Wyoming? Yeah, it's climbwyoming.org. And for here in Jackson, because we have old bills, does CLIMB participate in the old bills that you, you all receive funding through there? We do. Old bills is a significant oh, yeah. uh, fundraiser for us. It's a very important connection to have in the community. And if people want to find a way that they can help support CLIMB, is there, are, do you guys have business coaches, job coaches yeah, out in the community as well? We do. I would love if anyone is interested in learning more or participating or learning about how they might be able to support CLIMB, I would love for them to connect with our local office. Christy Thomas is our program director. Greta Frelick is our liaison. Amy Boileau is our mental health provider. She's been there for over close to 20 years in our Jackson office. And they can find the way, find ways to connect with our local site either through the website the climbwyoming.org or they can uh, they can call the office if people are interested in learning more about how to support climb or to, if they're interested in hiring a climb graduate or they're wanting to just be a part of this important work they could go to the website which is climbwyoming.org or call our Jackson office the number is 7334088 that's that's fabulous Katie i so applaud you f- to you and your staff and in the board of what you all are doing to make such a positive impact into not only the local communities, but the state community as well. As well, Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for the opportunity to talk about this important work and for being an important part of it. We appreciate it so much. You're welcome. Well, take care, Katie. Thank yeah. you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. I appreciate it. Thank you, Stefan. Appreciate you. You're welcome. To learn more about Katie and how Climb Wyoming makes a difference in the lives of Wyoming citizens, visit the JacksonHoleConnection.com episode number 227. Thank you, everybody, who helps keep this podcast going. Get out there and share with me, Facebook, Instagram. What are you grateful for? Share with me your daily gratification. 
can record it, type it up, whatever works for you. And you know what? If it's personal to you, you just keep it to yourself. Thank you, Michael, for keeping this podcast going with the editing and marketing. And of course, to my wife, Laura, my boys, Lewis and William. I so appreciate you joining me here today. And I really look forward to seeing you here back next week for another episode of the Jackson Hole Connection.